0: Tonight, I, I'm not going to teach so much on friendship, but I branch off of it. Uh, God started dealing with me about opening the door for reconciliation. Uh, if we have the door closed to, to fixing relationships, they're not going to get fixed. And so we've got to learn how to leave the door open. I'm going to say leave the welcome mat out for relationships to be healed. And, and this is a sensitive subject. So when, when we get to sharing time afterwards, please don't share too personal of stories. Uh, we have to edit all that out if you do. But this hits everybody. I feel like if I know people, we've all hurt people. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Sharon and I have hurt people. And we have all been hurt by people. I mean, it's just—it's true. It's—it's it's happened both ways, whether it was intentional or unintentional. Sometimes we're misunderstood, and sometimes we were just flat out mean. Okay. Sometimes we were—we were bitter or, or revengeful, or—I mean, we could sit here and name things. But it's—it's it's happened before, and sometimes relationships were damaged, and sometimes we just didn't really know how to fix them. I've been there. When you're in leadership. You're there a lot. You're just, right, I'm getting a, a yes from some leadership. You're just there a lot because sometimes you have to do things that people don't understand and, and sometimes you're misunderstood and sometimes you can't explain yourself and, and sometimes there's just hurt that happens. And then it's just easier to let people go out of our life than it is to process the offense correctly. And when we mentioned that last week, I used that phrase. Sometimes we don't process the offense correctly, the hurt correctly. I knew that's probably where we had to go today. So, in our last three weeks, uh, we've talked about taking our issues. I think last week we talked about taking our relationship issues to God. I think that's huge in this, in, in reconciliation, is bringing it to God, let Him direct our steps. Because, our, I mean, we can give each other one, two, threes, but if, if Anna's offended at me, it might be totally different than Cindy being offended at me and my approach of reconciliation. So we need to be led by our spirit. We need to know timing is important in reconciliation and how that person is hurt or how they're perceiving things might, we might need a specific way of approaching. And so we really have to... I want to say pray in the spirit. <laughs> Number 1, pray in the spirit uh, before you try to fix it. Before you try to fix it. I've tried to fix things and just make them worse before, so it's something I'm trying to learn. We talked about Proverbs 19:11 about being able to overlook an offense. Uh, when we can do so without harboring resentment or seeking revenge. And then we went to Matthew 18, if you'll remember, and we, we got wisdom from Jesus on how when we need to confront things, how to not just sweep them under the rug, but how there's an order he has. We talked about that last week. But when I was getting ready and I was trying to organize my thoughts, I thought, what constitutes an issue needing to be dealt with? When do we just look over a transgression, and the scripture told us in Proverbs 19, 11, that's to our glory when we, can over, when we can just overlook something. So how do we know when to overlook something and when to confront something like Matthew 18 tells us to do? And so I just sat there. This is I can't read this to you out of scripture. Just from, from life dealings, I just sat there, and I, I welcome you to add to this list. But I put down if it's a repetitive, habitual offense. You know, everybody has a bad day. Sometimes they're tired. Sometimes they say things they shouldn't. But if it's something that is habitually happening in a friendship or in a relationship, then we can't just keep sweeping it under the rug. Because if you're like me, if I keep sweeping it under the rug, one day there's going to be a volcanic eruption. Because I've just let things build up, build up, build up. So for me, that was one of the key things. The other one I put down, when it starts involving other people, and if something's not resolved, or if you can't do what Proverbs said and overlook it, overlook it as in you're not going to share it with everybody, If you, can, if you can overlook it without sharing it with everybody, then that's great. Overlook it. But if, if it's to the point where it's going to involve other people or you're, you and your, you know, disagreement with somebody is starting to spread, then sometimes, and I believe that's where Matthew 18 comes in, when Jesus said, hey, go to them alone. And if you can't do that, take a couple of people with you. And then if you can't do that, take it before the church. And if you can't do that, treat them like a tax collector. That's not a good phrase. Uh, they'd be like treat them like the IRS. Okay, that's what that means. So consider them that way. In other words, don't let them in your inner circle that we've talked about. So when it starts involving other people, things need to be dealt with because you're going to do damage in the body of Christ. At number four, I put can I address it in love for their good? If I can't address it in love, it is not the time for me to deal with it. And, you know, sometimes it might take five minutes for you to cool off. Sometimes it might take 30 days for you to cool off until you can deal with something correctly. And then sometimes you can overlook it. But, boy, when it's when it's rolling around in those heads of ours and all of that offense becomes this massive pressure at the front of our brains and it starts coming out of our mouths, we need to step back and and, and, and cool off a little bit. Uh, Before we try to deal with it, if we have a green light from the Holy Spirit to deal with an issue in a relationship, the next wait for the green light. (laughs) I think that goes with what I just said. Just wait for the green light from the Holy Spirit. Don't try to fix it ourselves because when we try to fix it ourselves, we get into the flesh, and the flesh is not the stance that we need to be in when we're dealing with hurt feelings. Anger, hurt feelings, emotions, uh, we, we've got to be, uh, I think Brother David sent me a, a message this morning about the fruit of the Spirit. We need to be standing in, in, in the fruit of the Spirit, which means we need some time with God before we deal with the f- things in the flesh, and we need to make sure that we deal with it correctly. And, you know, sometimes we're not the one to do it. Sometimes we're not the one to go and work things out. Sometimes you're, sometimes you're not it. If that person has a habitual issue, uh, you might not be the one to deal with them about it. If you have an a habitual issue, it might not be a certain person. They, it might make it worse. So there again, we've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit if we feel like that it's an issue that constitutes being dealt with and not just overlooked. Go with me to Galatians chapter 6. And this is going to be, if you don't get anything else tonight, Galatians 6 is a good one to keep in our heads on this subject. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified. Brethren, if any person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual. Now, there's a condition right there. This is a condition. You who are spiritual. I like to amplify it. It says who are responsive to and controlled by the spirit. If you're responsive to the spirit, if you're controlled by the spirit, you should set him right and restore and reinstate him. Now, this could cover a multitude of sins, but we're talking about in relationships right now. If you you who are spiritual, when somebody's overtaken in misconduct, we're talking about those repetitive, habitual offenses, you who are spiritual, who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit, you should set him right. That's not the end of the sentence. And that's often where we want to take it. We want to set them right. we got to understand what set him right means right there. It means what we talked about last week. For the purpose of reconciliation and, and reinstating them, not for proving that they messed up. And human nature is not what we're supposed to lean to. And I realize it happens. Okay, I realize it happens, but this is key to keep in our minds, especially when we're offended, that we might not be the person to reinstate them. Maybe later, but there's a time. There's a right time, and it's when you're walking by the Spirit, not in the flesh. We should set him right, restore, reinstate him without any sense of superiority. Oh. Man, there goes that whole, I'm right, you're wrong thing. Without any sense of superiority and with all gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on them to see if they do it again. Oh, wait. Did I, re- I read that wrong, didn't I? Keeping attentive eye on ourselves, lest we be tempted. This this. Man, don't you just love the apostle? This is is just so, there is so much truth in this, and I can just see so much of my past history right here. There's conditions. There's conditions. It's okay to correct, but you need to be mature enough spiritually to be responsive to and controlled by the spirit when you do it, You set them right, you restore them, you reinstate them without any sense of superiority, with all gentleness, keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted to also. So a lot of times whatever people have offended us with, we are tempted to come back at them with the same thing. It's so true. Words come at us, we send words back. You know, so I'm believing that in this culture of anger and unfriending and canceling and unfollowing and and all the different ways that we have of getting rid of people, that, that God is working on our church body to be in relationship differently. To, to handle things in a spiritual matter. And I need this teaching as much as anyone. So this, pat- this passage really covers habitual offense. Can we address it in love? Are we the one to do it? Am I qualified? Am I qualified to do this right now? Do I meet the requirements of Galatians chapter 6 verse 1? Because offense never corrects offense. It just... And so many times that's how we go at it. Off, we, we bring offense to try to correct offense. And we're just, we're just digging the hole deeper and deeper. And so we've got to stop ourselves, you who are spiritual, for the purpose of reinstating and reconciliation. And I think if we have our purpose right, it really helps. You can turn to Matthew 5. While I'm talking, I love that it says for us to, to pay attention to ourselves because one of the things I put down for me is, am I willing to judge myself to make sure my motives are pure so that in trying to set things right, I'm not tempted to do wrong? It's, it's trying to set them right. Right. Not for me to be right. And there's just such a huge difference in that. Desiring to reconcile and, and to right wrongs in a spiritually mature way. When I was praying over this today, I sensed in my spirit that there were, there were some distanced relationships and friendships. Particularly marriages, family situations. That are just waiting it's like they're in a holding pattern and they're just waiting for your spiritual maturity. It's not over. Whew. So much can be reconciled. Broken and hindered relationships are a spiritual matter. It's a spiritual matter. God's all about it. It's a very spiritual matter. In Matthew 5, verse 23, Jesus said, (laughs) this is just so amazing to me. So then if you're presenting a gift before the altar... And suddenly you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer, family member, whatever. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. And go at once. And apologize to the one who is offended. Then after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. You know, I... I love words. And I I try to picture this, almost move the altar up here, but you can't move those altars by yourself. But I I pictured it as, okay, here I come. I'm, I'm coming into, let's say, praise and worship being our sacrifice of praise, okay? We're bringing our gift, bringing our gift to God. And so often that atmosphere is when God deals with us. Because we finally shut up, we get our mind in the right direction, we're, we're there, we're presenting our gift to God, He can deal with us, we're, our hearts are tender before Him in worship. And it says, Suddenly, you remember that you have a quarrel with a fellow believer. Leave your gift there, leave your gift there in front of the altar. Go at once to apologize to the one that is offended. And after you've reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. I think one of the biggest gifts that we can give the Father is reconciliation with our brothers. He says, don't even bring this until you bring this. This is a beautiful passage. I encourage you to read, to read the whole thing. But when God begins to deal with us and begins to soften our hearts towards this, we have to be real careful or we'll start rehearsing the why nots. And, and, and our, our brains are so quick at replaying that movie of what happened, what was said, what they did, what it looked like, what their face looked like. We can see them, you know. But one thing I noticed here was it was the other person that was offended. And yet he said, Brett's offended. Go to him and apologize. Can we be that spiritual? Can we be that spiritual that we can... Be sensitive and know when someone is offended and instead of saying, I think they're mad at me. And go to them. That's what he's asking us to do. He's asking us to be that sensitive that when somebody else is offended that we will go to them instead of waiting for them to come to us. And we're doing it because God is dealing with us about it. And I remember my mom when I was growing up, she, what a woman of wisdom. I mean, I know I give dad a lot of credit. And, and, and you know, I don't know, moms and daughters sometimes it's, can be an interesting mix as you grow up. But, you know, the older I get, the more I appreciate the, the wisdom. And my personality was more like dad, so dad could deal with me better than mom. Mom was like a floating butterfly. You know, she woke me up in the morning singing. No, 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 that doesn't, you know, this doesn't work well. It's, it's not joyful. <laughs> it wasn't joyful. But looking back at all the things that she taught me from the word, you know, what a, what a great woman of God. And she would, she would tell me, she would say, now, you know the one that's supposed to make it right, don't you? Because I would be, you know, somebody would be mad at me or I'd be mad at somebody. You know who's supposed to approach. You know who's supposed to make it right, don't you? And most of you women will know what she said. because You probably heard it in Bible study. She'd say, the one that notices there's something wrong. Never forget it. Don't ever forget it. Well, I think something's wrong. Ding, ding, ding. You're the winner. And it's not a bad thing. It might have to do with your spiritual maturity. God might think you can handle this. It's not to put down on the other person, but if if you notice something's wrong, and that's that's really what he's saying right here. When it comes to you that something's wrong, you're the one to go. Well, I don't know what to expect after that, Ken. It didn't go over just boomingly there, but (laughs) it's true. You're writing, okay leave the altar, go apologize to the offended. Then after you've reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. What a gift. What a gift. When you've done what God's asked you to do and reconciled, you've given him yourself. You've given him yourself. You're loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind when you go and you reconcile because God brought it to your attention and you're obedient to his word. When you come back, you're not just presenting words of praise or bread up there on the guitar, presenting his talent. You're presenting what he really desires, and that's your heart and him working together for the good of mankind. What if a person is unwilling to reconcile? You reconcile. You reconcile. You you don't have control of what they will and won't accept. But you're going to do, in a spiritually mature way, your part that God instructs you to do, and then you can't get re-mad Is that a word? No. It is now. You can't get, we'll put it in the urban dictionary, um, you can't get re-mad when they don't reconcile on their end. But reconciliation is an accounting word. When you reconcile your bank account, what does that mean? If it reconciled, what does that mean? You're you're balanced. There's nothing missing and so when you reconcile, you're good. If they don't reconcile, you can't reconcile it for them. And that's not an excuse to give up. Then you, then you, then you go over in a prayer and praise. And, and you keep the door open to reconciliation. That's the whole message tonight No matter what their response is, you keep the door open to reconciliation. And as we said, keep the welcome mat out. You can come, you cannot come, but the welcome mat is out. You can come talk to me. We can talk. Doesn't mean they will, but you can offer it. You have reconciled, and there is reconciling is pending I looked at my bank account today and there were some things pending it's out there it's available but it's pending it's, it's, it can still come it's pending and I think that's when God spoke to me about that so many relationships are just waiting for spiritual maturity if we were spiritually immature, we handled things spiritually immature when we caused an offense, that can be reconciled. Romans 12, I think, I think it was John that brought this scripture up to me the other day. And it's important on this subject especially when somebody's reconciliation is pending, 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 pending. You remember watching your bank account, and you're expecting some money to be automatically deposited, and it's there, but it's pending, 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 especially if it's a large check and they're going to hold it. Pending, 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 and you're just waiting, watching for that to change. And we have to keep our hope in relationships. Romans 12, 18. I'm going to read it to you out of the... Uh, The Jewish Bible. It says, if, the contemporary Jewish Bible, if possible, and to the extent that it depends on you, live in peace with all people. What a great verse. That means that I can't stay in strife just because they didn't accept my apology. I have to be reconciled if my heart has to stay in the position of reconciliation. It has to stay there. That's difficult sometimes. There's there's some mess out there. I don't know about you, but I've had some stuff done that, and I've done some stuff, you know, both ways in relationships that they're hurtful. But when we're looking for reconciliation, we have to stay in that stance of reconciliation. And this, this peace that he's talking about, he says, If possible, to the extent that depends on you, you live in peace with all people. Even if people are not at peace with you, you live in peace with all people. There's so much wisdom in that peace becomes our stance. Peace becomes our stance. It becomes our position. And we don't move from our position of peace. No matter what the actions, no matter what the words, you know, Christians, we got to toughen up and grow up and quit being the most likely people to be offended. (laughs) I'm going to mock them. I'm telling you, I'm going to mock them. Please do not say any names out loud as I'm over here with the microphone. Truly. And I think it's because a lot of times Christians are tenderhearted. Because the Lord's done a work on our hearts and we become more tenderhearted. But when it comes to certain things, we're to be the warrior. (laughs) We're to have on the armor. We're supposed to stand in a certain position. We're supposed to stand a certain way. We're supposed to not be moved by what... By exterior circumstances, our peace comes from within and we choose to stand in that even when it's tempting to move off of it. And that takes a strength, a strength, a strength, whichever way you say it, tomato, tomato. It takes more strength than you have in your human capability. I know. I know. I know, and when I get over in the flesh, I get over into weakness. It's as simple as that. When I get over into my feelings and and rehearsing what was done, when I get in the flesh, I get into weakness. There is no strength there. My My only hope in living this message is to live with the fruit of the Spirit residing on the inside of me. His love, His joy, His peace, you want to talk about long suffering do we want to talk about that word in church it is so in the scripture over and over again long suffering temperance meekness meekness is not weakness oh meekness takes great strength and so at some point we may do a study on on the fruit of the spirit but it takes a strength beyond our own that's that's my point. It's beyond what we can naturally do. But that's why the Christians should look different than the world. That's why I have to start walking different and making different choices than what the world does. So, you know, in these last few minutes, I want to talk about how we walk this out. Because I believe God is correcting me. And y'all just get in on it. Okay, just grow with me here. Like John said, there's times that we teach things that, well, I don't know that we ever have at all because his he's always taking us deeper. But, you know, this sounds so simple, but I remember my parents teaching me this. I didn't always practice it, but <laughs> I try to now. Pray for them. There is something about when you can pray for somebody that you're offended at or who is offended at you pray for them Luke 6:28 is so well we've got time let's turn there I was just going to mention it but Luke not John Luke 6 Oh, man, I should read this whole thing. Let's take a minute. Let's start in verse 27. But I say unto you, which here? Oh, are we ready to grow in this? We, I, you know, I've been with kids all day, and I heard Miss Manners today at the school say turn your ears on and all the little kids went Are you know are we are we ready to grow in this are we ready to mature are we tired of being offended and offending are we tired of strife are we tired of that oh turmoil when there, where there's envy and strife, there's confusion and every evil work. The scripture says, when are we going to get tired enough of it that we're ready to grow up? Yeah. But I say unto you, which hear? Everybody say, I hear. I hear. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. Whoo. Can we, can we go further? Yes. Bridget's about to cough up her coffee over there. <laughs> I know, girl. And by the way, the word bless, bless them means to speak well of. If you just want to make that dig a little deeper there, it, it means to speak well of them. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. And that's not pray for them like sometimes we've prayed for people. Like, dear Lord, help them, right? Fix them, Lord. Don't think that's what he means. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other. It's called long-suffering. I don't even have to give a disclaimer there, do I? And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as, this is going to cost a lot of questions, I'm going to get a lot of text messages tomorrow. And as you would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise? For if, if you love them that love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. If you lend to them of whom you hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and you shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Ooh, that goes against religious theology, doesn't it? But you, therefore, merciful, be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. I don't know that you can take this, but we're fixing to read the next verse that's often not used in this context. This is the, this is the truth of this verse. Judge not... you. And you won't be judged. Condemn not and you'll not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. That's right. Come on. Press down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. The same shovel that you dish it out with is the same shovel that it comes back to you. And we need that to be a blessing and not a curse.
1: Right.
0: That was worth reading, wasn't it? Pray for them. Bless them. That's, this takes some practice. And sometimes it is, you might have to write it down and read it because it might not come out of your, nat- your natural lips. I mean, seriously. Seriously. If somebody's done something to your kid, or, you know, there's been some people I've been pretty upset with in the last 10 years. Can I leave my gift at the altar and do what God's asked me to do? Pray for them, bless them, speak well of them. Second thing I have down is James 1 5 through 8. Ask for wisdom. If you're, if you're leaving the welcome mat out and you're willing to reconcile, we need wisdom in dealing with people, with dealing with offense. I think somebody last week, I don't remember who it was. may have been Brett. I don't remember. Or Dylan. Somebody talked about um, God being a skilled surgeon and going in and removing things that you... I want to give credit to the right person over here. And so that comes from the wisdom of God if, if we're going to go and we're going to reconcile then we need that wisdom and direction James 1 5 tells us if any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God he gives to every man liberally and he won't upbraid you for it he won't get on to you for asking he won't make you feel less for asking and he will not withhold it from you but he will give it to you liberally we need wisdom in dealing with people especially people who have who have hurt us or that we have hurt the third thing i have down is be rested don't confront things tired be rested be ready before you confront things let your make sure your position is already in peace before you approach a situation and approach it from the place of peace, and don't move off your peace. Hold on to your peace. I think that was uh, John's title, maybe Sunday. Guard your peace. Hold on to your peace. Number four I have down is wait for the green light. When you're dealing with offense, timing can be everything in dealing with somebody. If they're tired, it's not the time. I don't care if it's your husband, your wife, your kids. If somebody's tired, it's just not the time to try to, to deal with these things. Wait for the green light. That's going to come from your spirit, not from your flesh. Sometimes once we make our mind up, we're going to fix something. We rush, through, we rush through red lights, and that's just a dangerous place to be. Green lights have a purpose. Red lights have a purpose. The fifth thing I have down is state your purpose to the person that you're there for reconciliation. That's your desire. Give them, give them the end result from the get-go. I'm here because you're important to me, and we're going to reconcile. I, that's, that's my desire, is that I can see you, and you can see me, and oh, we might not be besties. I mean, we might not go to dinner, but when we're not, we see each other, we don't have to avoid each other. We could have a conversation. We can work side by side. State your purpose is reconciliation because you value them. And don't use words contrary to the vision. Don't use words contrary to the purpose of the conversation. It's so easy sometimes to state that and then when they say something to move off of it and come back with something. Make sure our words don't go contrary to the purpose of our visit. This next one's hard. Listen to their heart. Sometimes people just need to be heard. Sometimes they just need to say, You hurt me. What you did wasn't right. Listen, listen it's don't get defensive from the get go. You're there to reconcile and you may have to take some things. You may have to take some things. I, I, how can I say this? I knew someone who had been hurt by a parent. And, you know, when, when, when you've hurt your children, intentional or unintentional, when you've hurt your children, and they come to you when they're mature enough to get it out of their mouths what, how what you did hurt them, Keep your mouth shut and listen. Can I say it any plainer than that? Keep your mouth shut and listen. Because whether you think you did that or not, that's how they perceive it, and they need your understanding in order for them to heal. That's right, that's right. That's and it's just irritating to me when a grown adult has their child, whether underage or or adult age, come to them and try to express what happened in their childhood, what that parent did hurt them. And that parent defends themselves. No, you look at them and you say, I am so sorry you felt that. Let's let's work on this. I am here for you now. I mean, I don't care if you think you were right or think you were wrong. Sometimes you just have to listen to somebody's heart. Listen to their heart. And sometimes it's, it's hard to hear past their words. Sometimes it's hard to hear Sometimes it's hard to get past their body language. Because once they start vomiting all this stuff up, sometimes it's tough. It's tough to hear It's tough to see the anger that might be presented to to you as a parent or as a friend or as a child. I mean, whichever way this goes, we have to be willing to listen to their heart and let them speak. Try to let them speak uninterrupted. And then you respond in love, not self love. Self-love will, def- will defend our actions. It's tough. I didn't say that this was going to be an amen message, but it's from God. Number seven, judge ourselves. I think we covered this in some of the verses. Are we willing to see if there is a truth, even some truth, into what the other... From what the other person is saying. Because, you know, if you hear something more than once about yourself, you need to start paying attention. I need to start paying attention. When I hear something about myself more than once, I need to pay attention. I need to judge myself so that I will not be judged. I need to judge myself. Am I willing to see if there is any truth in what they are saying. Because if I want to grow, i got to be willing to hear it. And i got to be willing to judge it. Whether you think what they're saying is true or not, it's okay to ask their forgiveness. You know why? It sets them free. Do we love people enough To let down our pride and say, I am so sorry I hurt you. They may accept your apology, they may not. But you're handing them the key to their own prison they can get out if they want to. That's what forgiveness does. It takes you out of it and it leaves them to deal with their own heart. It may take people a while To be where you are on the reconciliation page. It may take them a while to desire reconciliation. And the fact is, they may never show up at the open door with the welcome mat. But your communication opened the door. Leave it open. Don't shut it, just leave out the welcome mat. And then let God do his work in them like he did it in you. We are going to see, we are going to hear some reconciliation testimonies in the days to come. It it may take time. But, you know, faith doesn't quit. Just leave, leave the door open. And your communication opens that door. Don't shut it. Amen? Who has the mic tonight? You don't, but I think it's coming to you. If you're, if you're new to Wednesday nights, we, we get to visit a little bit and, and share some. Y'all gave me some great scriptures last week uh, to go with last week's lesson. So if you have a word, a uh, scripture that you've used or one that's standing out to you tonight, um, feel free to share that scripture or something that's not too personal, uh, so that all of our stuff goes on radio, and we try to, Tanya has to edit that out if things get too personal, so we don't want anybody offended at you telling y'all's story, so (laughs) try not to use any names or where you work or things like that, but if you have a If you have something that goes along with tonight's message. Man, I just know y'all would be full of stuff tonight.
1: Um, I thought it was a phenomenal message tonight, so thank you for that. Thank you for coming prepared. Um, What stood out to me was a question that came up when you asked. um, Well, I don't think you asked it. You said we need to be led by the Spirit in, in reconciliation. And what stood out to me was the fact that this whole message, even though we didn't mention it, you taught how to properly evangelize. Hmm. As Christians, we often overlook the pains that the world has, True. how they've been hurt in church. We jump to us being offended first, therefore we're not effective in evangelism. But if we can take the high road, like what we talked about everything here as far as our relationship horizontally, that's the same type of relationship that we should have with them in the world to where we can actually Apologize for the hurts. Take ownership of them because, you know, God carries our burdens. We're, it's not us carrying it. So when we take the world's burden, it's not us carrying it. We're casting it to God immediately. So, um, That's good. The verse is 2 Corinthians 5.18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. It.
0: Perfect. It's a great scripture to add to it. And that was 2 Corinthians 5? 5.18. He's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Of course, that's man to God. But sometimes what Avery is saying is us going person to person is part of the reconciliation. It's, it's, it's evangelism. Mm-hmm. Part of us being reconciled to people is part of them being reconciled to God because offended people usually are offended at God, hurt people. So, good. That's very good. Anybody else? Dylan? We moved Dylan to the front row. He's going on staff.
1: <laughs> I, I wrote this down uh, when we were going over Luke six twenty eight, And it was when I pray and bless those that hurt me, I have to leave the idea that they should have to earn my prayer, my blessing.
2: Mm.
1: And a lot of times that it's, you know, it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. That's good. So my my praying for the, for the person who has offended me, their blessing, when the Lord comes in and does bless, very well may be the, the catalyst that softens their heart for the reconciliation.
0: Very good. Very good. There's just a lot to it, isn't there? Very back couch. Can't say the, the pew, the couch.
1: <laughs> the couch, yeah. <laughs> I remember in the early days back when I first got born again, this was the very confirmation that things have changed was one, will, the willingness to go back and reconcile even some of the issues in the past that you couldn't touch. But I, I just remember at the new birth that that very confirmation that was going on was the fact that I needed to reconcile things with people at one point that you didn't really care about. But that was just a witness and a confirmation that the new salvation and the new life in Christ Jesus had showed up. That's so
0: good. It is so good and so true. And so we got, sometimes we have to go back to our first love. That's great.
2: Something's wrong with my Bible. This thing is totally alive.
0: <laughs> yes,
2: ma'am. Uh, I'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. It says, you are still worldly, for since there's jealousy and quarreling among you, you... Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? I don't want to be human. I'm a son of God. <laughs> I have to, you know, I try to be better or, or just, it, it's tough. Raised, Your message is tough. I know. Yeah. I had to it listen is. to it too. And then there's another one right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Though I am free, I belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone. Forgiving people or or going and and listening and just letting them rant and go off on you or whatever you have to go through just so God can be glorified. Oh, my God, it's tough, but it is doable, and God will give you the strength. And, um, hey, I love every challenge that he gives me because as long as it's glorifying him, I'll sit there and shut up. You can say what you want. I'll just be thanking the name of Jesus.
0: There you go and its growth. It's growth. And I think back at Jesus and how you know when they were just letting him have it, when they brought him before the 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 rulers, and the leadership, and they and how he stayed quiet. And he was innocent. <laughs> there was nothing guilty in him. And yet He remained silent. Like a lamb before the shearers, he was silent. And so he set a great example for us. There was times that he spoke. There was times he said some hard things. That's why I say we got to be led by the Spirit on how we handle things. We got to know the right thing to do. And And as long as we keep our flesh out of the way, our our emotions out of the way, I believe we can we can pick up on if it's something we need to deal with and say or if it's something we need to just remain silent well, your minds are either clear or really busy (laughs) one or the other I hope this encourages you to start praying about or praying for let me rephrase that. not about pray for people uh, that you know are offended or that you have offended you either way, and start asking God what you need to do to initiate the door being open. And it may be simply to pray. That may be what He tells you to do, and he may not may not take you any further, but then again, you may run into him in Walmart. And then you'll be ready. Amen? All right, y'all can stand. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're the teacher of the church. You're the revealer of truth. You're the one that deals with our hearts as the word is read and as we hear your word and as we, we receive it and we're willing to be corrected, that you're the one that will direct our steps. And we trust you with that. We're going to step out in faith. After what you've taught us tonight, we're gonna step out in faith by blessing and praying for those people that you've brought to our minds tonight. And if there's anything that we need to move into beyond that, we trust you will direct us and time us, give us correct timing, give us correct opportunity, and have us mature enough to handle the situation in a way that it is reconciliation with a capital R. And we give you this, we give you these relationships, and we ask that you bring them to perfection in Jesus' name. The church said, Amen. Amen. Let it be.